War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Hitchcock Hecklers, your source for Auburn baseball news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network, a family of podcasts discussing Auburn athletics, brought to you by the Auburn Baptist Campus Ministries, serving Auburn students since 1961, and the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. I'm Chandler, this is my co-host Clint, and uh, what a season it was. What a season it was, Clint. Yeah, this one this was a fun season and you know, we're not we're not quite at the season recap just yet, but you know, after the season comes to an end with a fantastic super regional down in Gainesville, it's hard not to just look back at what this team's been able to do this year. Yeah, I mean the especially that um the second and third game <clears throat> The first game was kind of a blowout um, on Florida's part. They won eight to two, but the, that second and third game, I've I've never been prouder to be an Auburn fan because that team fought in both of those games and fought to the very end, and that was that was an amazing two games. Yeah, you know, I, I think we could just go on and on about how great this this weekend was from a baseball standpoint. So. Why don't you get it started and let's talk about that first game on Saturday. Yeah, the uh, first game on Saturday, the uh, Casey Mize struggled. And it was just, I've, I mean, we've, we've seen it a little bit in the past few weeks. But I think this may have been the most I've ever seen Casey Mize struggle. I mean, it was, it was up there, I think, with like, I think Ole Miss – at the at Ole Miss may have been one A, and this may be one B for the most I've ever seen Casey Mize struggle. Uh, he went five innings, gave up seven hits, six uh, six runs, two base on balls, and five Ks. And uh, I mean, the Tigers bats just couldn't ever get it going um, on Saturday, and uh, it was just a a shock to see Casey struggle like that yeah it was it was a weird game you know I know a lot of people wanted to put a lot of blame on KC and a lot of people thought that this might be some post MLB draft blues but I really don't think it was I think it was just KC just got hit and hit hard and hit often against the number one team in the country um you know KC's not KC is a strikeout pitcher but he's also a, a contact pitcher and uh the defense just wasn't at the level that we've been used to seeing them. Auburn made a lot of mistakes, somehow was only credited with two true errors, but there probably could have been four or five, just 
you know, it, it was one of those nights that the ball doesn't bounce your way. It's not bouncing your way pretty much the whole game. So, you know, while, while it goes on Casey's record and, you know, stat wise, probably the worst of the year. I mean, this kid's walked what less than 15 batters all season long going into this game. And he wants four and one and five innings. So I hate it for Casey. I hate that's how his career in an Auburn Tiger uniform has to end. But, you know, Auburn wouldn't have been there in that position without him. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, and then Davis Daniel came in for the last three innings. Um, it decent. Uh, gave up three hits, two earned runs, and had four strikeouts. Um, I mean – but in the position that he was in, I think Auburn was down six to two at the time. Uh, I mean, you can't ask much more of Davis, and that was outing uh, from him. But um, also, more on the bright side, uh, Edward Julian broke Frank Thomas's freshman RBI record um, on Saturday. Uh, I think. Frank had 68, and Julian got his 69th RBI um, on Saturday. So that was a that was fun to see and a uh, a bright moment for the Tigers. Yeah, and it it kind of went under the radar in the stadium, and understandably so, being in Gainesville. But I know that if that was at Auburn, a much bigger deal would have been made about it, and you know just. Just happy for Edward and how, you know, just shows how, how good he's been this year. But other than that, that kid really struggled this week and, and pretty much most of the last two or three weeks. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what Edward can do and how much he can improve with a full off season in Auburn and with a summer league. So, yeah, you know, he, I think his his approach at the plate has struggled sometimes. You know, he seems to either be a, a home run hitter or a strikeout just waiting to happen. And, you know, he, I think he only had that one hit pretty much all of the weekend. Um, yeah, like like one for one for 12 kind of weekend. And so not not his best outing, but at least he was able to get that record and, and put his name in the record book where it's going to stay for a very long time. Yes, that's, that's uh, definitely right. But uh, let's move on to a happier topic and hap- or a happier game, uh, the Sunday game. Um, well, let me hold up. Before we move on, I just want to say that Saturday game in Gainesville was probably the second hottest game of the season that I've had, um, only behind – the Raleigh game, but that man, was hot. It, it was, that was, that was a hot game. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about it plenty on this podcast of the, um, the Florida Gator stadium has absolutely zero shade. And for whatever reason, ESPN decided to put this, these first two games at 12 o'clock Eastern time. And Saturday had very little cloud coverage and we just all baked in the stands and, and and it forced us to make some changes for the next game yeah um sunday uh we got the three to two victory um and tanner burns was great uh went six innings 
gave up five hits, one run, um, struggled with his control a little bit, had four base on balls, um, and only three strikeouts. But, um, I mean, you can't ask much more of a, of a true freshman coming into a must-win Super Regional game, and he, gave, he gives us six innings. And, like I said, there's not much more you can ask. Yeah, and I'm I'm real happy with how well Tanner pitched. I'm really happy with how well the defense bounced back. You know, Tanner did walk four guys, and you know that's that's not a great number for him. And his efficiency has always been an issue this season. That's something I'd like to see improved over the off season. But he had he had a lot of help with his infield um, this game. Auburn turned three double plays in the game, two of which were um, done during Tanner's outing, um, the first inning and his last inning in the sixth inning. And, you know, that just really helped um, keep keep Tanner in a good mood, keep him pumped, keep that offense pumped, and keep everybody in the stands in good spirits. Because if those double plays don't happen, it's it's probably another long – Long day at the ballpark, and there is no game three. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Stephen Williams um, got the Tigers, um, I think, off of a uh, no-hitter. We were getting no-hit through three innings and some of the fourth, and uh, Stephen Williams broke up the Jackson Coar no-hitter with a home run to right center field. And uh, that got the Tigers on the board. And, of course, we got to talk about Luke Jarvis uh, with the walk-off in in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, the game was tied 2-2, two to two and he comes through with a big clutch hit to, to left center field, and uh, it scores Cade Evans, the pinch runner, from second. And Luke, I mean, Luke knew it immediately off of the bat. Um, you could tell he pointed over to the dugout and big smile on his face. And that was just a great moment, uh, for Auburn. Luke knew it immediately. I think all of us in the stands hesitated for maybe a split second just to make sure that it, it hit dirt or hit grass before anybody touched it. And uh, that was such a needed hit for Luke. He had gone Oh, for seven before that, uh, plate appearance and, you know, that, that's what this team needed. This team has fought all season long, and to take the number one team as far as they did, to tie it up, um, or to take the lead in the eighth, just only to um, have it tied up in the top of the ninth and to just keep fighting. You know, Luke Jarvis was probably not the guy many people would have put money on at that point of the game to, to end it. But, you know, thankfully um, – the guys in front of him uh, got on base and, you know, just, just able to make something happen. Yeah. Um, so that was just a, a very fun game and um, just a, a great thing to, to see um, for Auburn. And um, it was another hot game. It was hot, but there was quite, a lot more cloud, coverage. Lot, lots more, a more, lot more cloud cover. So way more bearable, but, that was, this was a historic win in Auburn baseball history because this was the Auburn this was Auburn's first super regional win in Auburn baseball history. 
Yeah, and, uh, and that, that stat kind of surprised a lot of people. Um, you know, with Auburn making the 1997 College World Series, and um, I think it was 1999 that David Ross walked off against Florida State in the regional. Um, but the, the Super Regionals weren't actually implemented in the NCAA baseball tournament until that 1999 season. So it's been 20 years since Auburn – it's been 19 years since Auburn made – a super regional and it's been since then that you know Auburn even had an opportunity to win one so it was a big win and and you know I, I know these guys are happy to be part of that yep and um but let's move on to Monday Monday's instant classic game um I mean I don't know that was one heck of a baseball game gosh was it ever I mean um, you know, I, I had the realization on the drive back to Jacksonville that this was just another instant classic, another high-profile athletic event that an Auburn team was a part of. Um, you know, you, you can go back to all the football games, the kit sits, the prayer in Jordan-Hare, and, and the last, last year's Iron Bowl, and, you know, the basketball doing what they did. Um, but this this was just probably one of the best baseball games I've ever seen that most people have ever seen. Just just from top to bottom, beginning to end, Auburn didn't struggle. Florida didn't struggle. Both both defenses played their lights out. Um, you know, I, I thought both both teams had really good pitching. Runs were hard to come by this entire weekend, and 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 you know it's. It, it was so much fun to be a part of to you know as as much as Auburn fans like to joke about the the cardiac kids the 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 heart issues that were put through all the time it's it's a sign of a really good game when you're sitting on the edge of your seat with you know for myself putting my head in my hands in the towel just waiting on anything to happen and and it, it was so much fun to be there in person. The the relief when something good on defense happened, and and the excitement when the offense got going. It was it was so much fun. Yes, one hundred percent. Just an incredible, incredible baseball game. But what an atmosphere too. Um, yeah, Gators Stadium holds about four thousand people, and there were standing room only. the The concourses were packed. Um, just so many people there, such a great atmosphere, uh, minus a couple of unruly Gator fans, but you're going to have that just about anywhere. But, you know, this, <laughs> I mean, you take, you take the team names off of this and, and it's, it, it's such a fun game. And I hate that it ended how it did and that Auburn season was over, but, you know, this is not, it's not a season-ending game to hang your head on. This was something to be proud of, and 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 you know, like we've been saying, it's this is one of the best games of any sport that we've all probably seen. Yeah, um, it says um, online here that the capacity for Alfred McKeithen Stadium is fifty-five hundred. Wow. Um, does not seem like that at all. But no, it doesn't. Fifty-five hundred, and there was, uh, according to the attendance, 
on the box score, there was 5,958. Wow. So 458 over over capacity. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it was just an incredible atmosphere. And what a ball game to be a part of. Um, Andrew Mitchell got the got the Tigers started and threw through a great ball game. Um, went four and a third, uh, gave up four hits, two runs, and had four strikeouts on the day. Um, only threw sixty six pitches, mostly because um, our pretty much our ent- entire bullpen was available for this game, um, and that's. That's saying something, in my opinion, about Tanner Burns' start on on Sunday, and how he was able to go six innings deep into the ball game in order to preserve this bullpen for this for this Monday game. Um, well, and it's interesting too that the two relief pitchers used on Monday also pitched in the other two games. Davis pitched on Saturday after Casey and, and and gosh, I, I, I will gush about Davis Daniel and his second half performance of the season for a very long time. This kid plays his heart out and, and just the emotion he shows on the field, especially coming out of the bullpen is, is such a joy to see. And, you know, he, he put it all on the line Monday night. And then you saw Cody Greenhill come out and and, and get the final out of the 10th inning, I think. And uh, he had pitched the day before. So, you know, it's it was a good thing that Auburn had the entire bullpen to work with. And, and I don't know if that's, you know, that makes it a little bit more interesting or not that um, Auburn and the coaching staff decided to just use two guys who had already previously pitched this weekend. Well, I mean, I think it is what it is because when Davis Daniel goes five and a third of one-hit baseball, now that is one <laughs> heck of a performance. Absolutely. I mean, let's see, the uh, the kid, he threw 42 pitches on Saturday and then came back on Monday and threw 87 pitches. So what is that? That's 129 pitches um, in a three-day span. And you just – you can't say enough about how well uh, Davis Daniel pitched. Yeah, I'm so proud of that kid. And, and you know, the, the, two, the two outings that those two guys had over those three days still doesn't compare to what Florida did with um, um, Michael Burns. Burns. Michael Burns. I mean, that kid was thrown all – three games and and you know i i i personally question that but if if that's what it takes to to get to omaha to the world series then i think all hands are on deck and if the kid says he's good to go then i think you have to listen to him and and auburn got to him on sunday but wasn't able to to do much against him on monday night yeah i mean he went four innings and only gave up one hit with five strikeouts, um, the Tigers. And he still looked good too. His first pitch yeah. on the mound was was a little changeup at like seventy eight, seventy nine miles an hour. But then he came right back at a ninety two mile an hour fastball. So there wasn't too much arm fatigue right, right there. No, the, the Tigers just weren't able to get to him. Um, 
and not much else can be said about that. But okay, so, do uh, we have to talk about this ending? I mean, I think we have to. Um, Cody Greenhill threw a pitch, and um, after looking at replay, it was going to be a home run no matter what. Uh, it Are you took, confident in that? Yes, I am very confident in saying that. Uh, it's, because it's almost, to me, it could very well be the same thing as this Yanni Laurel, what color is the dress? I can convince myself either way that it was going to be short, it was going to be over the wall, but... You know, I, I hate that it has to end like that. Such a great game ends with the ball hitting the hardest part of Stephen Williams' hand and just blooping over the fence. It can, was... we just, can we just hold up for a minute? And I, I just I'm trying to understand this relation that you have made between Yanni and Laurel <laughs> and, and Auburn baseball. Um, that is two very different things, but no, it's but I, I don't. But I, I, we don't have the time to get into that right now. But I, I kind of understand the relation. Uh, <laughs> and why are you questioning me? I because it's fun to question. But yeah, that's all you did this week. But uh, just a a sad way for the season to end. But it's it's great to see that. Um, after hanging out with Steven for a little bit today, it's great to see how he's bouncing back, how his family's bouncing back, and they they understand that um, the Lord has everything happen for a reason, and um, that was just not the day that Auburn was supposed to advance to the College World Series, but it i i really am confident that it will be next year um yeah and i'm glad you mentioned his family because we were we were sitting with his family in the stands and had spent most of the day killing time with them and and just you know to see the emotion on their face it was it was just as heartbreaking as the moment and and you know uh steven had that that one error last time we were in gainesville and also sitting by his parents so you know, Gainesville might not be Stephen Williams' favorite place in the world right now. Yeah, um, just a a sad, sad thing to see. But let's move on to a happier topic: uh, the Tigers and the MLB draft. Um, what an MLB draft it was! Um, yeah, we didn't get to talk about this too much last week, solely because we recorded on day two of the draft after. Uh, Casey had been drafted and before the rest of the guys had gone and um, you know Auburn had seven guys taken overall which ties for second most in um, uh, program history Uh, the most guys drafted were in 2010 when 11 guys were picked. so you know, Casey going number one overall is the big story of the draft, but to give these guys the opportunity to get drafted and, and have a really big decision for at least two of them is is very impressive. And and I'm kind of surprised at who went first in this group. Yeah, um, Davis Daniel. I mean, I think it's just a a testament to what he's done this second half of the season and that he's he was rewarded for it with with this draft pick because 
Davis Daniel starting and Davis Daniel coming out of the bullpen have been two totally different people. Absolutely. And and in a good way. It's been a great, great change. And let me just say, I think this was Butch's greatest – or Butch and the entire coaching staff, Steve Smith, Nonamaker, Gabe Gross – this was their greatest coaching decision of the season. Um, I, it's hard to disagree with that. And and I, I told Davis and his parents after the game Monday just how proud I personally was of him just, you know, being able to, to bounce back after that. And his mom kind of blew it off of that's just how baseball works. And just to just to show how different his season has gone. Um, Josh Vital of the OA News actually did the splits for his stats this season. And, and as a starter, Davis pitched 42 and two-thirds innings, struck out 40, had 21 walks, and had a 5.49 ERA. But as a reliever, pitched 24.2 innings, struck out 30, only walked 11, and had a 3.65 ERA. So, you know, I just <clears throat> you just got to put these kids where they perform the best, and and I think Auburn found where Davis performs the best. Yeah, and then Brendan Venner went in the 13th round. Um, Andrew Mitchell in the 14th round. Calvin Coker in the 15th round. Uh, Luke Jarvis in the 25th round. And Brett Wright in the 26th round, and just a, a celebration of ever, seven Tigers overall drafted. I think that they said that was tied for second most in Auburn baseball history, and um, just a great, great MLB draft. Auburn had a couple of seniors drafted here: Andrew Mitchell, Calvin Coker, and Luke Jarlis. A couple of guys not drafted, um, including. Jay Estes and Josh Anthony, which both I think could be um, some bad bad misses, especially Estes. I was surprised about that one, but um, you know we've got some guys on this list that have um, some decisions to make. And personally, I don't know if I can predict which way they're going to lean. And Davis Daniel, Brendan Venter, and Brett Wright, three underclassmen, and. I, I don't – do you have any insight or inclination on how this one's going to go for these guys? I I have a good feeling about Davis Daniel coming back. Um, I think after talking to his dad and um, reading into things that Matthew Stevens from the Montgomery Advertiser has written, I think Davis Daniel uh, will be back next year. But – Nothing is for sure yet, um, and I think Brendan Venner and Brett Wright are going to both uh, take the money and go on to the MLB just because I don't really know if they have as much room to improve their draft stock. Um, I mean, Venner had 13 home runs and hit 320 or 310 on the – 310, I think 310 on the season, and I mean – that's very good numbers. Um, and then Brett Wright had 11 home runs, only hit 260, but 260 for a catcher is pretty dadgum good. Um, and so 
I think and for a guy that played in every single game this season. Yeah, that's another thing to point out. Uh because catching wears you down. Uh it takes it takes a toll on your body. And for him to still hit two sixty, I think that was very impressive. So just my gut feeling um is Brendan Venner is gonna go, Brett Wright will go, but Davis Daniel will be back for next season. Well, I hope we get to keep all three of them uh, on the planes, but, you know, things are so fluid with these decisions, and I, I've I've certainly come around on the idea of you can't blame a kid for fulfilling a dream, going to the professional level of their sport, and making money. You know, these guys have put so much heart and soul into their sport, into their craft, that they deserve to do something they love and get paid for it. So I, you know, I I don't, I I hate the idea of dogging these guys, you know, the people who say they shouldn't have left, they should have stayed for another year. And, you know, if these guys really care about it, they'll come back and get a degree. They're smart about it. They'll get their degree. Um, But, you know, I, I think there's nothing more you can do than wish them luck and support them at the next level. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, but just a, a a great, great MLB draft um, for the Auburn Baseball Tigers. And also, I think, I know Garrett Wade, um, Ryan Bliss, and Devin Warner were drafted. That's at least three um, of the guys that are uh, incoming for the 2019 baseball season. Um, they were all drafted. We may have had more, but I know those three were. Uh, I saw one of the guys, um, I think he was drafted by the Giants, um, actually signed his contract, so he will not be coming to Auburn. And- That's correct. Blake Rivera, out of he was uh, out of Smith Station High School, uh, then went to Wallace. He was drafted 32nd round out of Smith Station High School went to Wallace State for two years and improved his stock all the way to the fourth round. And Number I mean, 106 overall. So, again, can't fault a kid for, for taking the money. But, not at all. Um, to go through the other signees that were also drafted um, since and now I had the list in front of me, um, Blake Rivera, as we already mentioned, to the Giants, Cason uh, Howell, 20th round to the Red Sox, Devin Warner, 30th round to the Diamondbacks, Ryan Bliss, 30th round to the Red Sox, and Garrett Wade, 38th round to the Tampa Bay Rays. So, you know, again, these are always very fluid on, um, you know, situations, what the kids really want to do. But if I just had to throw out a random guess, I would say that Warner, Bliss, and Wade, those guys drafted um, – 30th round and later will probably step foot on campus. Yep. And they they've all already announced that they'll they're coming to school and they're going to be here. Um which, what a big win for for Butch Thompson. I mean, I know, everybody knows that I'm not a big recruiting fan, but I don't know if there's a harder sport to recruit for than college baseball when you've got the draft, the professional draft just knocking on the door for these guys. Yeah, I totally agree. But um, 
great MLB draft from from all the Auburn Tigers that are currently on the team and incoming. Um, but uh, just a great, great season. Um, we're we're going to be doing a season recap sometime in the near future, but just a great, great season for Auburn baseball. I think so too. I mean, can't, can't be more proud of the team that fights as hard as the Auburn Tigers team. I mean, and one thing that I pointed out to people was look at Butch Thompson's three years here. First year, 23 and 33, um, struggled big time, just as all first-year coaches do because it's hard to win when you don't have your players um, in there. Especially as the situation that Butch came in as coming in, you know, with like, what, three or four months until the season started. Yeah, so 23 and 33 <clears> – <throat> The second season went 37 and 26 and was just p- pitches away, not pitches, one, pitch. one strike away from advancing to a super regional against Florida State. But they, Auburn got to a regional and that was an accomplishment in the second season. Third season, they went 43 and 23 and advanced to the super regional and fought the number one team in the country to a game three, not only a game three, but also 11 innings in game three and just fought their tails off. And I fully, fully expect for all the Auburn baseball team to make it to Omaha in season four um, under Butch Thompson. Yeah, um, this, this team is just on the rise and it's, it's hard to see that falling off anytime soon. Yeah. Just a great, Great season, but I think that'll uh, that'll do it for this time um, on Hitchcock Hecklers. Uh, how can the uh, people connect with you, Clint? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database at auburnuniforms.com with full season with full Auburn athletic season recap coming in the next week. Yeah, and you can uh, find me on Twitter, uh, Auburn Superfan, at GolfWizKid, G-O-L-F-W-I-Z-K-I-D. Well, it's been fun. Uh, We'll be having that season recap coming out sometime in the near future, but be looking for that. But until then, War Eagle. War Eagle. That's going to do it for this episode on the E2C Network. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our show. A couple reminders for you listeners before we head out today. If you're interested in joining the E2C Network team, make sure you give us an email at e2cnetwork at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to discuss that with you. Also, make sure you're checking out the variety of episodes on our podcast we have coming out each week, as well as our blog post on e2cnetwork.com. Specifically, make sure you're checking out Facebook Live sessions that we have called E2C Live and Auburn Fan Chat, where you, the listener, can get involved in the show and have your voice heard. If you're interested in connecting with us and giving us feedback, there are a variety of ways to do that. First, go online to iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. Please subscribe there and give us reviews there as well. It helps spread the show and lets us know how we're doing. If you're looking to find us on social media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Just type in E2C Network, and that'll get you there. 
Once again, our email is e2cnetwork at gmail.com and our website e2cnetwork.com. And I want to thank the Auburn BCM and the Auburn Uniform Database once again and thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.